Riley, I read an interesting book this last week I want to talk to you about. Okay. So I'm in a book club, which I think I mentioned to you before. Uh, you talk, I don't know if you talked about that on the show before, but you definitely talked about this to me. Yeah, we started a book club with some friends of mine over the pandemic, and um, it's been a pretty mm-hmm. wild ride in terms of picks. Um, uh, because, you know, you go around, you take turns and stuff. Uh, my second turn has just come up. But um, we read a book this past week recommended by our good friend Jeff, and I was wondering if you had any insight on it. The book is Treasure Island. Oh, the old Robinson Crusoe classic. I don't think it is a Robinson Crusoe classic. Is it no? Well, it's a Robinson. No, it's not. Isn't it's a Robert it? Robinson Lewis, Crusoe Robert, is the Robert Louis Stevenson Robert is the writer. It's a, well, it's the R. L. Stein classic. There you go. Um, no, it's Robert. Uh, it's based on the real life story of. No, it's not. Robinson Crusoe was based on a Scottish sailor. Okay. Who who um, was abandoned on a no? Okay, so yes, Daniel Whoa, Defoe wrote boy. Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> Which was based on a Scottish sailor whose name... Oh, man. I did a podcast on this guy and I've forgotten this guy's name. What was his name? Oh, what I've got it? no idea. Anyway, he's he was left as a, as a castaway and he lived right. there for many, many years. So, the, the the similarity, the overlap here is ships. It's a... Pi- it's, it's, um, I mean, Robinson Crusoe is a, is a, is a maroony, piratey novel. Right? There's not, not a whole lot going on in the world of piracy in that book. It's just him... On a desert island, um, but what was the guy's name, man? I can't remember. Anyway, not important. I stuffed this up. I mean, I'm at the point now where I'd rather re- start re-recording the no, entire no, no, episode. No, 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 no. I, I made I, myself look like such an idiot. I would like to leave. That was like you put a quarter into a broken jukebox, and you like got it was like oh, this garbled mess. You're trying to reverse engineer what I was talking about, dude. That was great. No, I want to talk to you about Treasure Island because first of all, have you ever read it? Yeah, I did, yeah, years and years ago. It's a, it's a yeah. very common like, children's book, right? Um, well, can I tell you something about Treasure Island, an adaptation of it, right? Oh. Many, many years ago, there was a... Oh, another connection. Mm-hmm. Ro- Robert Louis Stevenson is Scottish. Okay. Right? <laughs> All right. We're, trying to, we're, so, we're starting to reverse engineer how the wires got crossed in your brain now. I understand well, well, I looked it up because I was like, I, maybe Robinson Crusoe and, and Treasure Island are sort of like close to each other in terms of publishing date. Mm, I mean, in the cosmic sense that they are, but yes, <laughs> yeah, no, it, over, it, 100, it, over 150 years. In their relation to the pyramids they are, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really, really close together. So the first film I ever saw in the cinema was the classic Muppet Treasure Island. I have never right? seen that film, and as you can imagine, it has come up a lot in book club discussions over the last month. Uh, apparently, it's like a massively popular, like seminal childhood piece. I wouldn't know because I had to be led from the cinema in tears within the first ten minutes because I was so scared of just puppets. Well, it was when he was given the black spot. That's quite early and- on, yeah. Yeah, very early on he's given the black spot, and I think the comment was something like, "Oh, anyone who gets the black spot will die." And I, I just found it too scary. It was it was too scary that someone could get the black spot, and so I had to be led crying from the cinema. It was the first <laughs> film I'd is the first film I'd ever been to the movies. I think the the sound was also like it was a lot. I was five years old. It was yeah, a just lot. a sensory but, um, overload, right? Exactly, but yeah, we went and got ice cream at a at a restaurant instead, and that was much when better. I was anyway. I, so that's my experience of Treasure Island. I, I read it once years ago, and even, but, but I don't remember that as well as I remember the cinema the crying. Trip. The cinema, yeah. Anyway. Can I tell you about the first well, the first time I went to a cinema and how I also cried? Oh yeah, I went with my dad to see the Pokemon movie. Oh uh, yes, a classic, let's, another let's, classic. Yeah, let's do a quick Google for when that came out. It should give me a good idea of my age. Two thousand, I think. 1990, 1998. 
Oh, really? They got in that very quickly. Yeah, so I was five. So I bet. No. Yeah. Was it really 1998? Because I saw it when it first came out. My dad, I had to drag my dad very reluctantly. We actually saw it up here in Noosa. And that's the That's the Japanese release. So maybe it was a year later in English and maybe even another year later in Australia. In Australia, it took a long time for them to, uh, you know, for them to strap the, the VHS tapes onto the back of a pterodactyl and fly it across the sea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course, Japan's famously so far away from Australia as well. Everyone thinks Australia is really close to Japan. Dennis, it's like a 10-hour flight. Well, it's closer than it's, I am to Japan. Not by much, dude. If really? you were to fly Dublin to to, to, uh, to oh, we've talked uh, about this before, actually, yeah. You would have to fly via Helsinki, where oh, you would, did, yeah. as, as you've mentioned on the podcast, you could get an elk burger or an elk dog. Elk dog, yeah. Um, an elk dog. And it would actually, it would take you about 13 to 14 hours. It's not that much closer. Yeah, I guess you kind of just conflate East countries together like that, I suppose. Yeah. A classic, you're, and you know what, Dennis? You're a classic Westerner. That's you're a classic Westerner. You got no idea. You got no idea what it's like for us over here in the Eastern Hemisphere. Hey, yeah, I, go on. I, I'm in the cent- I'm in the Central Hemisphere, broadly speaking. Let's be real. <laughs> okay, yes, for sure. Fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I went to the see, see the Pokemon movie, and my dad, as I recall, uh, there was a short mm-hmm. prior to the Pokemon movie called Pikachu's Vacation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then my dad fell asleep during that and didn't rise for quite some time. And then when he did wake up, I remember I was quite small and I had like a little drink, you know, in the little drink cup holder in the cinema. And I remember yep. my I was, you know, tiny and my arms were short. So my dad would like pick it up if I would have a drink of it. Right. Because I was like five. Mm. Um, and then one time I went to pick it up and he was like, do you want my help? And I was like, no, no, I got it. And I picked it up and genuinely right. I think about this right now actually causes me physical pain. Because do you, ever, do you ever feel this thing where you try to remember a, a memory you were from when you were a child, when you were really sad mm. or really embarrassed and you feel, yeah. even though it's such a trivial moment in like the grand scheme of things, you feel as important as it did to you when you were five years old. Yeah, because a huge part of that memory is the emotional thing that you went through. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I, Riley, I spilled my drink. Oh, no, no. Spilled it oh, all over my lap. Sir. And what a disaster. So there's two parts to this. Uh, one part is that the nice lady next to me gave me her, her, her drink, as which was very sweet of her, but it was a strawberry sparkling water and it was horrible. Oh, it's yeah, not very nice here, of course. No. Um, I, mean, no, it's, I mean, there's always, there's always my time with that. Honestly, if, if I, even at the age of five years old, if someone offered me a strawberry sparkling water, I'd be like, what is this? But my, what is this dishwater? My dad, frustrated with me and annoyed, uh, very clearly very angry with me, and this is not a promise he held to at all, but looked at me and said, I'm never taking you to the cinema ever again. And I burst into tears. I was that's so not, sad. That's not great from your dad. He's just, no, a bad he, move. What's like? What's he annoyed about? He said he's got to come into a nice dark room, have a, have a beautiful sleep in a comfortable <laughs> chair. Like, what's, why, why is he so grumpy? Oh, it was so upsetting. But no, I mean, I was afraid of, I, I felt like it gave me the black spot in that moment. So I think our, our experiences yeah. are broadly pretty similar. Yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, I, I, You just ended up a lot wetter than I did. That's true. I don't know. Did you piss yourself? Well, look, I'm not going to... We've already spent a lot of time talking about the... the. I want to get on to what you were saying. What were you saying about Treasure Island? You were reading okay. the book club? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so um, I want to talk about two things. I want to give my thoughts on Treasure Island very quickly, which is it's very funny mm-hmm. because it was one of those books that was written as a serial and published in like a, a magazine, right? Yeah, of Like course, a, yeah. a lot of books yeah. back then were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's two things that are a, a, a direct result of that that make the book very, very entertaining if you know that going in. Uh Quick quick note, book is pretty good, aged pretty badly in some specific cases, just because it's from like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, so be warned. Um, 
but it means that every single chapter ends on a cliffhanger. And they're, yeah, of course. the chapters are maybe five or six hundred words each so at times. Yeah. So every chapter has like a massive revelation at the end that is instantly resolved at the start of the next chapter. And characters make wildly irrational decisions just to pad out the plot. Because Mr. Stevenson, or Mr. Lewis Steven, I suppose, clearly got to the point and was like, I got eight issues to go and the pirates are already <laughs> at the island. So spoilers for a book from a hundred years ago old. They get to the island, they set up on this fort or whatever, and then they find out that some of the people on their ship were actually pirates, and they have like a kerfuffle or whatever, it's fine, right? And then the main character, Jim, is like, I know what I'll do. I'll run off by myself, and I'll steal a paddle boat, and I'll paddle out to the ship, and I'll cut the ship loose, and it'll set it adrift. And then that'll fix the problem. That doesn't make any sense, Riley. Think about this. Well, the good guys are holed up in a fort and the pirates are on land and they have control of the ship, right? And Jim's like, aha, I'll de-anchor the boat and set it adrift. If the pirates are on yeah. the boat, they just sail the boat back to shore. Oh, true. They can do that, can't they? <laughs> yes. I was like, well, it do- I mean, it, it leaves them with no means of getting off the island, but it does get rid of the pirates. But no, it doesn't because they they can just sail it. Well, if you go and disable all the anchors, I guess. They can just run the ship aground and then pull it back into the sea if they need to. Which, oh, they can careen it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, which yeah. is what yeah. is what they do later. But yeah. <laughs> or if the pirates are all ashore, you've just doomed all of you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just turned everyone into Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, and that's the point I was. There's and that's the, the point I was trying to make. That's the point I was trying to make so earlier. Yeah. Jim goes and does this, and for like three chapters, gets lost at sea for a little bit, gets back onto the boat, fights with a pirate that happened to be on the boat, or lands the ship, and I'm like. Why is this in this? And then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, he was like, I need to pad out eight issues here. Jim needs yeah. to go on a side quest. The the editor got, got to him and said, listen, Robert, this is Robert. It is Robert Lewis Davidson, Bobby, right? It is Robert, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's and, and again, another link there. Rob, um, yeah. Rob, listen, mate, it is going so well. We are loving this. We're going to extend your contract. We want five more episodes. You know what? Let's make it six more, mm. okay? Um, just same stuff. Pirates going really well. Love that. So I was going to wrap it up in a couple of weeks. Bloody hell, what mm. am I going to do now? Yeah, no, that's clearly what happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, he saw dollar signs. So I was wondering if there's any books that um, were like important to you because this was important. It was important to me. It was important to Jeff as a child. When you think about mm. books you read as a kid, what comes to mind? Books I read as a kid. Well, I mean, my favorite book of all time is The Hobbit. Um, still Hi. not sick of that. Right, love The Hobbit. And, I've got I, and you're so a big fan of the Hobbit films, Hobbit. I assume. Hobbit films, I think, probably the greatest cinema. I mean, I didn't cry during them. That's true. Uh, greatest cinematic masterpiece. One of the greatest adaptations of mm. a written work that so I've faithful. ever seen. So faithful. Probably, Dennis, the only film that I like more than the Hobbit trilogy is the film Prometheus, um, <laughs> which is the the prequel to the Aliens films. Now, I haven't seen all of the Aliens films. I yep. don't really feel I need to. I think I like Pr- Prometheus filled in a lot of those holes for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah, look, a lot of buzz around, you know, oh, the Shawshank Redemption, Citizen Kane. Wow, what bold and unadventurous choices you make there for your favourite film. My favourite film, Dennis, definitely Prometheus. Second, probably The Desolation of Smoke. <laughs> but not Battle of... Uh, we, I can't possibly go on like this any further. And we do have to dive into two white men talking about Lord of the Rings movies now for just a moment. Um, just a little bit. Oh, by the way, I can't I, I can't stand the Hobbit films. Yeah, I think that, like, of course. I, I was so, so, so let down by them. Not just because... I mean, they're bad films to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. But... They in 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 the in sort of in the exact reverse way that Jackson lifted up the Lord of the Rings to a new generation. Yep, he squashed the Hobbit down into the dirt. And I mean, I actually think the first one's okay. 
I actually think it's a, the first one's pretty decent. Um, uh, I'm, uh, it's, I mean, it's the best of the three, but that's, that's not true. so much. You know. <laughs> uh, I don't hate. I don't hate the second one that much either. I don't think. I think it's bad. The third one is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. The third is an absolute joke. Yeah, the last one is an absolute like. For those of you who haven't read the book, The Hobbit, and have seen the film, uh, here's something that you'll find interesting. The final third of the film series, which is to say the last movie, right, mm-hmm. takes place in a paragraph. It's almost off screen, in really, the in the book. Like, yeah. No, no, no. It, it literally is. Because as soon as the Battle of the Five Armies starts, um, Hobbit. You know, Hobbit? Hobbit? You know the character Hobbit. Die Hard, Hobbit, yeah. John Hobbit. Die Hard. <laughs> John Die Hard, he gets knocked out. He doesn't see the battle. Yeah, and which is so funny because that's something you do in a movie to save budget of having to film the battle. Mm. But J.R. Tolkien was like, oh, this isn't writing songs in a language I made up. I'm not writing about this battle. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this isn't inventing a grammar system. Boring. Boring. I'm not writing about axes and swords. Um, I'm trying to think of books, though, that I really enjoyed when I was a kid. Oh, can I tell you one? This one's, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll I'll just say the story neutrally. And then, exactly, at the end of the end, you can tell me if it's embarrassing and uh-huh. I'll adjust my tone. So there's a series of books. I used to love cricket right, as a kid. Really, really used to love cricket. And as, and as an adult somewhat, but I've kind of cooled on it, to be honest. But um, there's this series of books called Glory Gardens. Glory Gardens. And it Gardens. was written, written about a basically a kid's cricket club. Right. Okay. And how they so they organised themselves. It was it's a real rags to riches story because they organised themselves at like this daggy old oval that barely got mo- like mowed, and then they managed to fight their way through the qualifiers into the the league, uh, the local youth cricket league. Um, uh, their their rival team was the Wickham Wanderers. I remember that. And then eventually, like they go on tour, they go on tour the West Indies. And then there's a, a book about them playing. Uh, well, it says for the Ashes on the front. I was like, well, they grow up fast. For the, the Ashes, for you, those who don't know, is the biggest cricket prize in the world. It's when Australia beats England. Um, Riley, what is the trophy for the Ashes? Because this is actually quite cool. It, it is literally Ashes. Ashes right? of, of like it's, of, it's like, ashes. of of like the first tournaments. Um, wicked, isn't it? Basically, yeah. What happened was many, many years ago. I think in the in the in the 19, late nineteenth century, the English team came about the time. To, Ro- to about Australia. the time Robinson Crusoe was written, right? At the time Robinson Crusoe was written. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, no. It was about the time Treasure Island was written. To be That's honest, true, uh, yeah. but these the the English cricket team toured Australia, which wasn't a country yet, and lost. So the English, lost the English cricket these, team went to other England. They the went to another UK. part of the British Empire yeah. and they lost to these colonial yahoos, right? Mm. Um, and so the Australian team got the bales, the top part of the wicket. If you know cricket, you know there's some sticks that are put in the ground. You've got to hit the, hit the sticks. It's the, the horizontal sticks what go on top. Yes. They burnt them, put them in a little urn and took out an ad in the paper being like, our deepest and sincerest condolences for the death of English cricket. And those were the, they were cre- they cremated the ashes, right? And ever since then, the ashes have, well, the actual ashes haven't moved because, you know, they're 150 years old. They sit in a glass display case in England, which is not fair because Australia wins them. Overwhelmingly, we win the ashes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that's really interesting about the ashes, because if you go online, type in the ashes cricket, you'll see the urn and the replica that's handed back and forth. And then you'll see it in someone's hand. And it, it is the most, it is the, it is laughably small. For one of the most it's important really tiny, yeah. trophies in the country, in this Australia, is, right? Is, one this of the most important cricket, sporting this is, competitions. This is Cricket Super Bowl. It's just like, you know, you go and see the Stanley Cup and yeah, yeah. The, the the 
ice hockey players who have to lift that, you know, they need they need occupational health health and safety consultants to come in and be like, all right, lift with your knees, not your back. You know, da 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 da. This thing is so big when you when you're carrying heavy objects. Here's, you know, they're, they're slacking slapping those heavy stickers that you get at the airport all yeah, over the Stanley yeah. Cup because it's so big. The Ashes Trophy is laughably. It's tiny. about it's it's, so it is small. it is smaller. It is about the size of an of an airplane can of Diet Coke. Generously, yes. yes. Which yeah. is which if, when you think about it, if, because if the, you chopped off the top and tried to use it as an egg cup, the egg might topple out. Yeah, ex- yes, exactly. Which makes sense when you think about the the, the pieces that they actually burned are about the size altogether of maybe a Mars bar. So like, yes, yeah. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. That it is very, very funny though. So that was so that was your like that's the thing you remember being a part of your childhood growing up? I love those books, man. I love those books. You and I read when I was a kid that that I mean I, I read I read The Hobbit, I read Harry Potter, and we talked mm-hmm. we talked mm-hmm. the other day offline about how we both read Greek myths and stuff growing up. But Yeah, yeah. I read a, a book a, a series of books by Darren Shan. Okay. Now, I don't know that you would have ever heard of Darren Shan. But he's a relatively famous sort of, if you know the sort of young adult novels, yeah, 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 and then you know sort of young young adult novels. Yes, the ones that are just a little bit two dimensional to be. Yeah, but but really, but they still have like gore and stuff in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Those are the ones that Darren Shan wrote. They're all these sort of they're about vampires. The books were generously yep. two hundred pages long, maybe probably like one hundred eighty pages long. Very short. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, 12 of them or whatever. Yep. And I used to be obsessed. I went and got books signed by Darren Shan twice. And going you got back. The same, he's like, oh, Dennis, good to see you again. I've already signed that one. Yeah, just another sign. Just, thanks, just, uh, just under underneath here. the first yeah. one. That'd be great. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he's an Irish guy. Um, but mm-hmm. these books, thinking back on them, were garbage, man. Oh, I don't say that. About, don't pour t- Poor Darren, he's doing his best. Oh, what, are you, Darren, what are you going for? Dude, there was lines at the door time went to these book signings. Darren Chan made a killing off of these. I have no... And I would do the same in this position. And yeah. Yeah, by yeah, making yeah. them garbage, they made 12-year-old Dennis able to read them and enjoy them. So it's, you know, fine. If he'd, said, you know, if he'd written The Catcher in the Rye, I probably wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, noticed the catch in the rye. Never really got it. I can't, it's one of those books that I came back to as an adult being like, I'll get it now. Read I'm it again. I'm, like, I don't, I still I've never, don't I've really never read get it. this. I mean, you should. It is a seminal piece of literature, but I don't really understand. Like, it, It's not long. That's the thing as well. It's like Of Mice and Men. It's like, oh, I, <laughs> I need to do something meaningful today. I'll just read a classic piece of literature. Of Mice and Men, you know, 200 pages. Easy. Done. That reminds not me even so that, probably. of Mice and Men I had to read in secondary school. What are books yeah. that you, what are classic English books that you had to read in secondary school? Oh jeez, because um, well, I have a bit that of Shakespeare, obviously. Yeah, obviously, we all, Beth. Yeah, yeah, I did Hamlet um, and Romeo and Juliet. Wasted on teenagers, honestly. The way that they, I mean, I did an episode on Half Our History on Shakespeare, which gives my thoughts on the matter. But like, Shakespeare is taught as this highbrow, uh, you know, really elitist type of uh, it's 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 theater. high literature, right? It's the theater. Shakespeare himself just loved a dick joke. Like, yep. he's he's. His works are filled with innuendo and or even Romeo and Juliet, which is ostensibly a tragedy, has mm-hmm. all of these like really low hanging for all this like lowbrow. The only reason right? that like there's huge dialogues with like Benvolio Mercutio in that book in, in that play just for that stuff. Mm. Yeah, but that none of that gets taught. You know, it's all about love and loss and all the rest of it, which is which is still in there. I mean, Shakespeare was an incredible artist, but yeah. So we did that. Um, we did read The Catch in the Rye. We read. Um, 
Of Mice to and Kill Men, a Mockingbird. Oh, that's a really good book, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember To Kill a Mockingbird. That Very one got sad. Me a bit. So is Of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men is one of the status books I've ever read, man. It really is, yeah. yeah that is yeah. Uh, that is but, like a definition tragedy. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I you know, I I enjoyed English, right? Like, I was I was reading. It was probably my best my best subject. Really liked English. But there was one book that we were assigned that I just couldn't finish, which is unusual for me. Like, usually I can just get get through a book, whatever. Mm-hmm. Put your head down and get through it. The Quiet American by Graham Greene. I've never heard of that book. It's a book about a um, well, an American who doesn't talk much. Mm. Um, in it's set in in. I'm going to say post-colonial, but it's not quite post-colonial yet. It's set it's set in Vietnam when the French are still essentially like fighting to maintain their control over it. Sure. Um, and it's this guy, this really old guy who narrates the story. He's got this like young mistress, this young Vietnamese mistress, and this quiet American comes in and um, basically turns into Mr. Steal Your Girl without really meaning to, but he just does it. And this guy's this quiet American. He's a good guy. Um, but he ends up, I mean, he gets into, you know, all sorts of trouble and I don't know if you care about having this spoiled for you. He eventually gets Mm. killed and it's an exploration of like what his death means to this guy after having, like, he's a good man. He's coming over here and doing the right thing. But then it turns out that maybe he's not such a good man after all, plus the interpersonal stuff going on between him and his mistress and whatever else. That does sound like a very boring book. (laughs) It's just like a character study, basically. That's a little heavy. And, well, do you know what I did? I just watched the film and then wrote my essay based on that. Yeah. I mean, you can get away with that a lot of the time, I think. Yeah. And Depen- I think I, mean, I did. Depend- I, didn't, I don't think it got a very good mark, but it definitely made it. I definitely got it. It got me through the, 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 uh, I've still got the, I've still got it. I've still got the copy of the quiet American on my, uh, on my shelf. Well, we I, I think to, I read it years later. What we had to do in school that I thought was actually quite challenging, quite a cool piece of, um, uh, a, a way of teaching English for the final exam mm. when I was 18 was something yeah. we, you did something called the comparative study where you have to mm. study three different medium pieces of work so you have oh, to do cool. yeah, you yeah. have to do a film a novel and a play yep so we did The Great Gatsby which was a great great novel I really enjoyed also very short really banged that out mm. in an afternoon for sure but that's a great book uh, we did A Doll's House a Henry Gibson play and we did Casablanca oh what a film dude yeah, also quite short. <laughs> and then you'll get a question to, and every, and you can do, everyone did different things. So the, the, the yeah. syllabus doesn't have, doesn't contain which things you have to do. So it'll say, choose a theme or whatever and explain how it is, you know, touched upon in different ways by the three different pieces you've chosen. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, really. Like that would actually be enjoyable. I would, I would enjoy doing that. I like that sort it of It was very, very too. cool. I, I, I mean, yeah. and, and I, I like all three of those things. I think The Doll says, A Doll says is a really good play. I think Casablanca is a great film. And I think and Great Casting is probably one of my favorite books. I'm trying to think. And is that the punchline to the story? You read, you got to consume three pieces of media. What you enjoyed? No, I'm trying to think if there was, um, no, there was, there was, there was no punchline. It's just because you were saying that you struggled with, um, uh, quite the quite American because it was boring. Um, yeah. But most people I knew thought through gas, Grey Gatsby was really boring. And this isn't yeah, me being I'm, like, are you in that camp? I'm right, I'm, I'm right there with him. I never oh, thought Grey no, Gatsby. I love it, dude. Would you watch that? Why, what is, <laughs> I have seen the film, yeah. I, did, I didn't think much. I saw it because Megan wanted to watch it. I don't, like, I, I don't know. Never, never understood the Grey Gatsby. Uh, the film is, uh, is very similar to Elvis because it is also a Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't it's, like. I don't understand what's like. He's just this weird guy who throws parties and doesn't doesn't talk to anyone. No, it's all about um. It's all. Uh, I, I mean, I thought I, I like it because it's just like grand tragedy of like, no matter how much 
you know, how much money he makes, whatever he does, he can never truly win Daisy over. And then the great oh, sort boo-hoo. of... Oh, no, the poor rich man. Everyone, a, please. Hey, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is that Daisy and Tom sort of barrel through the book. And Nick says this in the book. He says they barreled through their lives like children smashing and breaking things and leaving nothing but destruction in their wake. And they just, because they have money, they just pick up and move on and leave other people to... to pick up the pieces like people die marriages are destroyed lives are ruined yeah. because of their carelessness and they just move on and like it's it, it's it is a very sad book i guess there isn't really like a a point to it it is a little nihilistic but i i remember 18 year old dennis was all about that dude i loved it i just couldn't take it seriously because it was set in a place called west egg <laughs> that was a choice that Scott Fitzgerald made. To be you fair, call it anything. Like you can name any, you can name it any, like you could invent any fictional name for where, and could you call West Egg? Yeah. Oh, where do you live? I live in West Egg. West Egg. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, Dennis, I want to talk to you about something else. What's that? Have a listen to this, mate. There's many things that being Australian has uh, unlocked for me. Right. Locked uh, on my travels. Okay. Well, oh, I people see like Australians. Yeah. Right. People love Australians. <laughs> right. It's the same with I think Irish people, Scottish yep. people, Canadians, Kiwis. Although I still don't understand it's why. Broadly speaking, members of at some point the British Empire that are not either anymore or are culturally distinct mm. from actual British people. I think is but, the but big. People, for some reason, people are excited to meet an Australian. Or like, I'm talking about mainly Americans and, and British people. They enjoy meeting yep. Americans. They enjoy meeting. Oh, sorry, they enjoy meeting like. Well, I guess English people not so much, with you know Irish people. But um, they're just like, <laughs> oh, come here, get on down on all fours. I need a footstool. Anyway, um, Jeez. Uh, but there are some things that being Australian has held me back from understanding. Very oh, interesting. Like, in ways that actually ended up being quite embarrassing. I may have told you this story before. I can't remember. But when I first moved to Berlin, mm-hmm. right? Now, I knew being, Australia is a hot country, right? I was told and I believed people who said, don't bother taking winter clothing with you. It won't be good enough. Oh, right? no. Like the, oh, no. The, the winter clothing you buy in Australia is not going to be good enough for a European winter. So, I'm like, all right, fair enough. Right? Riley, as a side note here, is the person I know who, and I know babies. Riley's the person I know who is least... <laughs> Well equipped for cold weather, unlike a genetic. Well, no, Dennis, level. this is this isn't where the story is going. Because when I went to Berlin and when it started getting cold, I bought myself a big coat and a, ha- a hat uh-huh. and a scarf and gloves and all the rest of it, and I was well equipped for the cold. It's not the it's a, it's an element of the cold, but not something. It wasn't actually. I mean, I just hate being cold. It doesn't matter how many how much clothing you put me in. I hate being cold. Anyway. I think you have told me this story, and now I know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, you know where it's going. I think. But before we before I left, right? It was I left just after my birthday. And for my birthday, mum, right, who knew I was going over there and obviously it was a bit sad to see me go, she was like, I want to buy you a nice present, something you're going to use over there, right? Do you want a nice coat? I'm like, mum, I'm not, I'm going to get all my clothing over there. She's like, oh, it's going to be so cold. I'm getting all my winter clothing over there. She's like, all right, let me buy you a nice pair of winter boots then. And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll need some boots. I'll need, you know, I'll need a, a, a sturdy, nice warm pair of boots to go. Not something looking, something smart. Um, very good. So we go down the shoe shop. And uh, she very generously buys me a beautiful, beautiful pair of boots, right? They're like, mm-hmm. um, uh, they had a sort of zip on the side, on the inner side. So on the outside, they looked very smart and all sort of like made out of one piece of leather. And that, they were quite nice boots, right? I've only ever had boots that so, have a zip on the outer side. That's unusual. Uh, hmm, okay. Well, these, one, I, these ones are on the inner side, so they looked like they just kind of slipped on. They were like guess, dress shoes know. or something from the outside, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They look, they, and as I, as I say, they look they looked very smart. Anyway... 
So love these boots. Thanks very much, Mum. Pop them on. Wear them on the plane, I think, because obviously shoes are bulky and difficult to – and these, these are easy to wear. So I was like, yeah, beautiful, right? Anyway, once I get to Berlin, I mean, I get there in late May, heading into June. It was really hot. Those boots, man, I, I put them in the back of the cupboard. I forgot yeah, about I forgot them. I forgot about it completely, for thongs, sure. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in canvas shoes, whatever else. Thongs for the, the on Australia at home are called flip-flops literally everywhere no, else in the world. No, I just wore – it was so hot that I just wore – Two G strings. Two G strings you know, on your feet. One on, one on one, yeah, on, one on each foot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I wore. Anyway, um, no, no. So, eventually, winter comes around. Out come the boots. Start wearing them. Loving them. Great, beautiful. But then, Dennis, very excitingly. Now, in my life, I would say I had seen snow three times. I think ever. Right. Up, up, to, up, to, up to this point, right? Yeah. Okay. No, wait, what am I talking about? No, not true at all. I was in Canada for a while, so definitely not. In Australia, I'd seen snow three times. I w- I'd lived in Canada over the winter. It snowed a lot there, right? But this didn't come up. In these boots, I went out one day, right, In the s- when it snowed, because I was like, I need my I need my winter boots on. Right? This, is the perp- this is exactly why your mum suggested you buy these boots and exactly what you got them for, right? Exactly, right? So I headed down the park because I was going to play in the snow. It was going to be fantastic, going to build a snowman. I didn't have anyone to go with, but I was just that excited. That, I mean, I guess for you, probably snow is still fun and exciting, right? It doesn't snow that much in Ireland. I mean, if it snows, that's fun and exciting now because I'm uh, 30. But um, yeah. it is. Uh, it, did not, it did not snow. Like, no, I would say we would get snow. So we, we get snow quite often, maybe once every other year. But the difference between snow and the gasp you hear from a child when they look at the mm. window and they go, <gasps> It's sticking. That's how you know it's real snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So otherwise, yeah, it's, that, otherwise it's just snow that melts the second it touches the ground and pff, nothing. And that's what happened to me when it started snowing and, and went out. You know, and there's like 15 centimeters of snow and yep, I'm having yep. a great time, right? I'm off in this park. Other kids, or say other kids, there were kids rolling around and having a great time. And then there was me, a 26-year-old man, also yep. rolling around having a great time. But then something really weird happened and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Because somehow, and I don't, again, I don't, I have no idea how this happened. Even with my beautiful winter boots on, Dennis, I realized that my feet were wet. I started feeling really cold. I was like, what's going on? Why? Hang on, hang on, hang on. My feet are like unreasonably cold. And then I realized they're kind of doing that squishy, sloshy thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, hang on, my feet are wet. And Did I was I, like, hang had on you, one had, you, had you stepped in a puddle or something? Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, how could there even be a puddle? It's freezing outside. It'll be frozen, mm. right? Like, I didn't step in a puddle. It hasn't been raining. Like I haven't mm-hmm, been, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't wash my feet under a tap. Some of my feet were wet. Had you had you used a bidet recently? <laughs> my feet were squeaky clean, <laughs> but it wasn't because I've been using a bidet. No. So I, I'm not able to puzzle this out. I'm having a terrible time because now it's freezing cold. And my my feet right, are yeah. wet. Right, awful. So I headed back home, and I got home and I took my boots off, and my socks were soaking, sopping wet. Right. And my boots were as well, inside and out. And I'm like, how did this happen? How could this, like, how, how did my feet get, I don't understand. I was out in the snow. I was out in the snow, which is frozen water, which then You melts. didn't yes. know snow was wet. Not that, didn't snow know that snow was, snow was water, wet. just even that it was wet. <laughs> didn't, I mean, I knew, I, know that, I knew that snow was water. Right? It's frozen water. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I just never made the connection, right, that snow was wet and was wet enough to, like, soak you to the skin, right? And I guess, like, because, as I say, I lived in Canada, but, like, I, never, I wasn't going out playing in the snow there. 
And it, it, whenever I'd walk through the snow, like, sure, you'd get you'd get your, your, the bottom of your pants a bit wet, but there, there are puddles, right? Like the snow does melt on the side of the road, all that sort of stuff, right? So, But never made the connection that going out in a pair of non-waterproof shoes and playing in the snow would end up with you having soaking wet feet. I'm trying to think if there's ever – the only thing I can think of that has a similar sort of level of cultural ignorance for yeah. me – and I mean, and it's cultural ignorance. It's not like you had like a a sort of <laughs> climate ignorance problem there. Yeah. I guess yeah, was yeah. the first time I went to America. Um, I was fifteen, and the okay. school had organized like a subsidized trip to go to Boston and go skiing. Well, it must my, be nice. I know, right? Uh, my parents were like, "Look, we saved. We think it'd be cool for you to go. You can go." And I was like, "Cool." And I went in there, and everything was in dollars. You know the. I had, it was totally different currency. I wasn't used to it. I didn't know anything, whatever. We were going to get on the bus, and I went into a we were in, went into a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh yeah. And prior to this, Dunkin' Donuts had had a partnership with Burger King, which had made its way to Ireland, where you could get Dunkin' Donuts donuts at Burger King as like a little dessert thing. And I remember them being about the size of I don't know, maybe one and a half times the size of like a bottle cap, right? They were little mini donuts that you dunked on like a little thing of sauce and you ate them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they came in 6, 12, and 18 things or whatever, right? Um, and I remember being there. I was like, oh, me and my mates, I'm going to get the boys some of those little dippy donuts they like. And I got, got up to the counter, and I was like, hey, can I get 24 donuts? The guy goes, yeah, no problem. That'll be 20 bucks or whatever. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Dollars are dollars. Here you go. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And the man hands me a box of 24 full-sized donuts full-sized donuts yeah. for yeah. me and my mate and i was like yeah good and you'll eat well tonight <laughs> for, I, I mean the, the guy handed me clearly i don't know it must have been fifteen thousand calories worth of donuts yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um and we go back to the bus and i'm like and he looks at me he's like what are we gonna do and i was like eat as many as we can i guess <laughs> I just I couldn't believe that they would that they it was okay for them like it was even on the menu to sell somebody twenty four full size donuts. Why would anybody ever need that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then you know, buy them for the office, buy them for. I mean, we know how Amer- was, Americans. If there's one thing they're good at, Dennis, it's getting those donuts into them. That's a, that's yeah, a, go a, large. Mid, that's a mid morning snack for some Americans. But dude, a fourteen year old Dennis was not prepared, and then obviously far too embarrassed. Like, oh, actually, no, I only want three or whatever. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, lugged those bad boys onto the bus, ate two of them, felt deeply nauseous and tried to get hawk the rest away onto my mates. Well, I was going to say, aren't you on a bus full of, like, people your age? I you know, it was okay, but I was I was just certainly not prepared for that man turning around and handing me a box, you know, a tray. No, certainly not, but you could turn that to advantage. You'd be the hero, the hero spoken of old, bringing donuts onto the, onto the bus for everyone. Yeah, that's true. Everyone still or, does. Say, or, I mean, how much? You said it was, it was uh, let's say, $20 for... For it must have, of them. must have more than that. Well, even if it's not, I mean, whatever. You go in and you say, "All right, who wants a donut? Dollar each, dollar a piece." Four yeah, bucks yeah. Up. yeah. Ever the ever the entrepreneur. No, that yeah. was not that was not my that was not the case. But you mentioned it earlier, like, does it snow often in Ireland? And the answer is no. We had mm-hmm. a, a year here. I think it was a like 2010 or something like that. That they still refer to to this day as the big freeze, because the country got, I don't know, twelve. 13 centimeters of snow, a couple of inches of snow, right? Yeah. And completely shut down. <laughs> completely well, this is something, shut this is something down. 
it's something that's going on in the news right now at the moment. Like we're the recording inverse, this in yeah. the midst the, the midst of a, of, a, of what what is being termed you know an apocalyptic heat wave across the British Isles. Yeah, and I mean. I was feeling very smug and really enjoying how much the, the, the British and I guess the Irish to a lesser extent were suffering and then, you know, people started dying and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be laughing Oh, it's bad. Like, it's, I mean, but, you joke, like, but there is a difference between going to somewhere like Melbourne or somewhere like Nevada and it being 38, 39 degrees and it being 33 degrees in London. I don't understand what it is, though. Like, I know we have things like air conditioning and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, we're all made of the same stuff. Like, I don't know why... Because I'm like this with cold. I can't handle the cold. Like, as soon as it goes below 20 degrees, I'm stuck. Like, I'm just like, no, this is... I just... I'm staying inside. It's too cold, right? But, you know, hearing people... about, About people... You know, unable to work, unable to sleep, unable to function, right? And some people unable to live, sadly, when yeah. it goes above like 30 degrees. I'm like, I don't understand how, like, we're the same species. It's been, it's been higher than that. It was like 45 in London, to be fair, which is, that that is, I, I think anybody would That's be warm. unreasonable to say, to not say that that is a hot day. As soon, I think like above 38 is when I start going like, whew, this yeah, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't dislike it. I still like it when it's that hot, but that's when it's like, oh, it's too hot. There's before. a couple of things there though. Like it's to do with like, it's to do stuff to do with like, the, the materials the houses and the cities are built out of. Yeah. Like London has infinitely more concrete and glass than places that are built around this. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you get these urban like heat zones. and Well, what and, you yeah, get yeah. is that like, and they, they did, a guy was one of the old uh, county councillors who was tweeting about it. He went out and measured the temperature of the asphalt. And at mm. 10 p.m. it was still 41 degrees because it just yeah. doesn't let heat because no, it holds go. onto the heat, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah and yeah. that's something you plan for in a country where it's routinely like that. And like mm. uh, so railways in England melted as well, like cables melt, all this stuff is just not over the And the same thing happened here, like we're talking about with the snow. All the trains stopped, all the cars stopped. I don't know that anybody died. but like, <laughs> It's just I, really funny that Ireland or Britain is, the British Isles, are in this point where they can't handle the extreme cold, they can't handle the snow, but then they also mm-hmm. can't handle the heat because the islands are usually so mild, right? You've got yeah, this very narrow yeah. band of temperatures. Whereas like in Berlin, just down the road in, in Europe, it gets to routinely like minus 10, but also gets to the high 30s or mid 30s most yeah. summers. It basically never wavers between... It, like I would say, ninety five percent of the weather in Ireland, especially especially on the east coast, because you're kind of sheltered by Great Britain on the right hand side, is mm-hmm. between zero and twenty degrees Celsius. <laughs> oh, I would say even an even narrower band than that. I'd say most days in you know somewhere like Dublin or somewhere like Glasgow, somewhere on the Irish Sea, is between like twelve and seventeen. Uh, Glasgow's a little warmer, more humid. I think. I don't know. Maybe it gets colder in the winter actually because you're higher, you're a little further north. I don't know. But um, don't say you. I've I've quit that place, mate. I'm never. That's going, true. And, oh, that's the other thing as well. I leave. I, I live there for four years and never get anything hotter than twenty six degrees, twenty seven degrees. The second the, you leave, the yeah. First summer that I leave after, oh, all of a sudden forty degrees. Where was that? Um, Why weren't they rolling out the red carpet for me when I was there? Miserable, hating the cold, unbelievable. So, so right, did I talk about last week? Did I talk about the food challenge stuff that we that we did? I think I did. That was last. No, episode. no, no, no. You you said that you, you said there was going to be food challenge chat in a in a future episode. Oh well, well maybe 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 we will because I went to that thing and there was food challenges, but that wasn't the interesting part. The interesting part of that, okay. and it's related to what we're talking about, is that I got sunburnt. Um, very normal thing to do. Now, how much of that? How much of this is a problem for you in Ireland? Because in Australia, we are like it is, it is drilled into us as kids right like it, it i mean i've been working at schools no hat no play i had to go and buy a loot a comically large straw hat right mm-hmm. to wear when i'm out on yard duty 
uh, like looking after the kids because the kids it's aren't allowed example, to play yeah. outside unless they have a hat on, right? Like it's drilled into us as kids about sun safety. It is here too because Irish people are so wildly fair-skinned. Yeah, it's not because there's a lot of sun. It's not because, you know, you're at danger. It's not a high UV index. It's just that well, you're so pale even, like, that you I mean, glow. I mean, it's not particularly cloudy here during the summer. So even right. though it's... <laughs> no, really good, Dennis. I really like how you're leaning into the comedy aspect of this podcast. Tell it's me another true. joke. Bro, I mean, Scotland, when you live there, it was way, is way, way, way cloudier than, than Ireland is. Okay, sure. That doesn't mean that, like, it, 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 it's still possible for Ireland to be very cloudy just because another place is slightly cloudier. Uh, sure, but some sunburn, sunburn is more to do with UV index, like you said, than it is to do yeah, with I mean, heat. you can get sunburn through the clouds anyway, so. That's also true. Yeah. Um, anyway, go on. It is less of a thing, um, but it, it, does, it does happen. Like, it, 20 degrees is plenty hot enough to get sunburned is the, is the reality of it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So it was like 26 or 7, or 7 when we were out, and we were out, you know, on the beach for five or six hours at this thing and I hadn't put sun cream on I put sun cream halfway through the day but it was too late and I got sunburned a bit on my face and a bit on like the back of my legs because I'm wearing shorts right mm-hmm. so I put some after sun on which is a normal thing you do just like this like glycerol stuff that like cools it down like helps your skin heal and moisturizes it right very normal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the after sun I put on Riley had an additional ingredient that I was not aware of oh no what, in- what additional ingredient did it have what it was after sun tan enhancer <laughs> oh get stuff dude you're walking around like donald trump you're as orange as a grapefruit that's fantastic oh dude i love that it was brutal now to be fair it was apparently pretty good stuff because the next day i woke up and i was like wow this term brand because i I am like sensibly like mediterranean or adriatic Mm. i suppose technically so i do burn and then tan much faster than the from from ireland would yes who just Um, burns (laughs) just burns and then dies Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but um so I was like, wow, that turned to brown uh, really quickly. And Nikki was like, mm-hmm, suspiciously quickly. And then went and looked at the bottle and she was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's like, really, no. oh, I love that. That's great. I, that's I really w- good. I wish I could say it was the first time I've done this. <laughs> what? You've I, faked hand in the past? I wish I could say it was the first time I've done this by accident with this exact bottle of After Sun. Oh, okay. That's le- I was gonna, I, I was really hoping there was a story about how, you know, you went to a a fake tan, you got a spray tan, you know, no, no, little no, goggles no. on, everything. No, not quite. No, I have done this before. Like I said, it's rare enough that it was probably two or three years ago or whatever that I got some right. brand last. Put the yeah. after sun on, I was like, oh, this has tanning stuff in it. Didn't throw it out, just put it back in the cupboard under the sink in the bathroom or whatever. Yep. And then did the same damn thing again two years later. And then your, your, your memory was like, oh, this what's this old? Oh, we don't need this. Throw that. Recycle bin for that one. Blast that cash. We don't need this memory. This will never happen again. Yeah. not yeah. When we possibly need this again. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll be getting on and um, have us with this episode 185. Being like, Riley, you won't believe this happened a third time, no less. <laughs> Riley, let me tell you something that happened to you for the first time. I accidentally put, Dennis, this happened. This is happened. There's, there's evidence. There's documented evidence. Yeah, I, 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 I have well, look, I don't know if it's more. I don't know what. I, I think I'd rather accidentally fake time myself than go 26 years without knowing snow was wet, to be honest. All right. Well, I, I, okay. All right. Thought of, I thought this was a safe place for us to tell the <laughs> stories, but I guess, I guess I'll have to reconsider that in the future. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Listen to This, your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, Riley Knight and Dennis Straniak. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, I guess tell them anyway, but um, hopefully they download it and they like it. Or if they don't, those downloads show up just the same, to be honest. If you really like the show, you can head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show. Get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and, you know, help us keep the lights and the mics on over here.